everyone. It's Dorenda Wilson. Welcome to this week's podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about slowing down for the sake of the children. Most of you know that I wrote a book several years ago called The Unhurried Homeschooler and recently wrote a book called The 4-Hour School Day. And as much as those two books may sound like they're different, they're actually not. And so I'm going to dive into this topic just a little bit more because I really feel like one of the greatest battles for us as parents is hurry. Um, And I'm going to talk about why I think that's true in just a few minutes. But if you're new to the podcast, um, you might not know anything about me. Who knows? So I always like to give a little bit of an introduction. Um, I have been married to my husband, Daryl, for 32 years, and we have eight kids ages 17 to 30. We have seven grandkids, and we've been homeschooling for over 25 years. In fact, our youngest little grandbaby was just born a little over a week ago, and um, boy, what a cutie patootie. Let me tell you, he's got a full head of black hair. He came in about an hour's time of just that you could count as real labor. So I picked up the other kids at five, and this little guy was born at six o'clock. He was born in the bathtub at his house, and uh, his mom delivered him, and the midwife didn't make it. (laughs) So praise the Lord for that wonderful delivery and just the healthy, healthy little guy. Um, It is just such a joy to be a grandparent. Um, I just... It's like these little extensions of our family. You know, it feels like, you know, you grow your your own, you know, immediate family, your own children, and um, that happened rather quickly for our family. A a child every about every two years. My husband calls it the two year plan. That wasn't actually a plan, (laughs) but then they start getting married. And then they start having children and your family just explodes. And in fact, our son, um, he's the sixth child, uh, fourth son, was uh, he actually got married on uh, Friday. This was just a couple of weeks ago. He got married on Friday. Um, and 48 hours later, our grandson was born uh, to our daughter. So we were thankful she was able to make it to the wedding, um, but she was pretty uncomfortable. And uh, now we know why, because he was very much right there ready to come. So anyway, we are grateful and thankful to the Lord for this new little addition to our family. But today I want to be talking about slowing down for the sake of the children. Now, one of the reasons that I even started writing, um, podcasting, actually just started out as writing, was I noticed that parents, um, even homeschooling parents, were incredibly stressed out from very early on that their children uh, weren't reading at a certain point, weren't doing this at a certain point and that at a certain point. And I think one thing that we have to understand is, especially in the early years, development is so um, uneven. So my child may be really good at one thing and not really good at something else. And another person's child would be good at something and not good at something else. And, And it could be, it might feel like there's a big, huge difference. But at the end of the day, um, Kids tend to all develop and get there eventually. Some of them need a little bit of extra help. But I think my encouragement to you today, especially if you have very young children, please, please just relax and understand that even if your child is struggling to read at five or six or even seven, 
they're going to be okay. You know, um, as a parent, you've got to listen to your instinct, obviously, find out if you need help or not. But honestly, my experience is that, is that if you just give it time and space and patience, your child will eventually get it. Our youngest reader was probably four or five. Um, the oldest one to finally start reading well was uh, right around nine years old. And you know what? He is our most avid reader as an adult. So I think it's just important to understand uh, that it's okay to slow down. And that's something I really want to communicate to you today. I'm going to start actually by doing something that I don't typically do, but I'm going to read a couple of pages out of my new book, The Four-Hour School Day. Um, It's a section called The Unhurried Path. My kids had some important advantages because they were homeschooled. In addition to eliminating their exposure to a downward spiral in the quality of education, pressure to perform, and negative peer influence happening in the public schools, I was able to apply an unhurried approach. The idea was to slowly ease my kids into a learning environment that involved a structured curriculum. During the first few years of school, we worked for a short time on reading, writing, and math when I thought they were ready. Mostly, I gave them plenty of time and space to play, explore, and experiment. I let most of their schooling be hands-on, doing things that came naturally, such as taking walks, playing outside, building blanket forts, baking, playing with Play-Doh, reading to them, and giving them time to be creative on their own. I also took them along with me to the library, the grocery store, the post office, talking with them along the way. I wanted their lives to be simple and unhurried. It seemed unconventional, but something about it felt right, and it resonated with my mom heart. My husband, Daryl, and I hadn't necessarily had this type of unhurried school experience ourselves, but we'd grown up with a fair amount of playtime and had fond childhood memories. We didn't feel the pressure to perform that so many kids feel today. I think we were given that time because the adults in our lives understood the importance of being able able to be a kid. When we began to have our own kids, it seemed as though the demands of school were beginning to choke the life out of children and yielding poor results. We knew in our hearts that having a childhood was an essential part of growing up to be a healthy adult. And it made sense that it would also be foundational to higher learning. We wanted our children to have this gift. And as their parents, we were the best qualified to facilitate that. Initially, my husband Daryl wasn't 100% confident about this unhurried approach. But as the years progressed, he became as convinced as I was. When you have eight kids, you end up with a pretty good experimental test group. The results were undeniable. Our kids were excited about learning because they associated good feelings with the process. Feelings of adventure, being able to do exciting and sometimes quote-unquote dangerous experiments, and having the freedom to be creative. They had time to follow through on their ideas and see the results, which helped them connect to learning in ways that would not have happened had we made them sit at the table most of the day with their noses in a workbook. As the years passed, we continued to take this unhurried approach with our younger kids, but we also found that it evolved into a different kind of unhurriedness as our children grew older. I share more about this later in the book, but more importantly, 
we were seeing strong evidence that we had made the right decision in home educating our children. By doing what God was compelling us to do, even though it seemed unorthodox, our children were polite, kind, friendly, intelligent, confident, funny, and quickly learning how to think for themselves. They had their own ideas about how to approach life, and while our family is close-knit, many have commented on how very different our children are from one another. They were fiercely independent learners, and they still are to this day. But have you ever noticed, um, as you're raising your kids, especially in the early years, that the pace of the children seems to inevitably be slower than we want or would tend to go? So I'm going to share with you from Genesis 33, verses 13 and 14. And if you haven't noticed, I did finish reading that section of the book. (laughs) Uh, I didn't really say quote, unquote. But anyway, here we are. Um, I just, it's something that I ran across the other day. Uh, Again, I'd read this before in Genesis, but I found it interesting that the Lord brought me back there again, and it's part of the reason I'm sharing it with you today, um, is because I felt like He he laid it on my heart because He wanted me to share it with you. Um, In Genesis 33, verses 13 and 14, Esau and Jacob had reunited, and, um, and they were... They had embraced, they had, you know, reunited and reconnected, and they were going to be on their way together to travel. And it was interesting because Esau said, let's pick up and let's let's start traveling. And Jacob replied to him, he said, you can see, my Lord, that some of the children are very young and the flocks and the herds have their young too. If they are driven too hard, even for one day, all the animals could die. Please, my Lord, go ahead of your servant. We will follow slowly at a pace that is comfortable for the livestock and the children. Isn't that interesting? I love that God cares about the pace of the children, that God cares enough to mention this in the scripture. It really just stood out to me how important it is. Um, And what a great visual these verses are of the need to slow down to the pace of the young ones. You know, we live in a culture that is in a constant flurry and a constant hurry. It's uh, the new trends, the new this, the new that. Um, There's a book that came out actually in 1981, believe it or not, not a Christian book, but it's entitled The Hurried Child. Um, And the subtitle um, is Growing Up Too Fast Too Soon. Um, As I mentioned before, This is not a Christian book, but there's some very, very, very good information in there. Um, It's actually been uh, edited a few times, and I think the most recent edition is a 2001 edition. I'm not sure. But there was some very interesting information in there. And one of the things that he mentions is this whole super kid mentality that our culture has developed, where we, um, we tend to look for the ways that our children are um, superior and the way that they are kind of super kids. And we, and we almost like encourage as a culture, this sort of super kid mentality that, you know, a a child should and could be able to do beyond what is normal or average that we're always shooting for that. And it's a constant, it's become a constant pressure for so many parents. And I think The reason that I wanted to take you down this road today is because I want to remind you that children are still children. 
no matter what age we live in, no matter what culture we live in, no matter what the culture around us is telling us that we should be doing with our children, I think it's so important to slow down and listen for the voice of the Lord when it comes to raising our kids and specifically to homeschooling them. So I think one of the questions we need to ask ourselves as parents is, why do I feel hurried? When it comes um, specifically maybe to parenting, but even more specifically to homeschooling, why is it that we as parents feel hurried? I believe that it is often rooted in fear. Um, There are typically three fears that homeschooling parents, specifically moms, tend to deal with. The first one is that we feel inadequate. We feel as though we aren't qualified for this job that is in front of us. And this is why I have repeatedly said, God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. God will qualify you along the way. I think it's important for you to know that I don't have a degree. I don't have a college degree. I did not go to college for one single day. But I believe that because I was willing to learn and willing to do what God called me to do, which was to homeschool our kids, that God taught me so much So much so that I like to say that I got a PhD in my children. I don't have a PhD in your children, nor should I have a PhD in your children. I was not called to homeschool them. You are called to homeschool them. And I believe that as you walk this journey out with your children, you will earn that PhD. But it's so important to understand that hurrying is not going to help you do that. Slowing down and listening for the Lord's voice and walking in obedience to Him and being a student of your children. I talk about this in the Unhurried Homeschooler and I talk about this in the four-hour school day. These are the ways that you are going to earn that PhD in your children. So the first fear we all deal with is feeling inadequate. I love what my son Luke says. He says, mom, you need to tell these homeschooling moms that they still care more about their kids on their worst day than a teacher will on her best. Now that is not a disrespect to teachers because there are just so many good gifted teachers out there. But at the end of the day, no one loves your child like you do. No one is more invested in their future than you are. No one knows them better than you do. So let's kick that feeling of inadequacy off to the wayside and not let it drive us to hurry and rush. The second fear that we all have in common is that we're never doing enough. That we have to figure out everything ourselves. It all falls on us. You know, it's interesting because to every lie, there is an element of truth. It's true. As homeschooling parents, as homeschooling moms, we are responsible for the education of our children. But at the end of the day, the work that's happening in our kids is a work that God is doing, even when it comes to their education. Our job is to watch where God is working and then join Him. 
And so this is why it's so important to be a student of your children, because you'll be able to tell when the wheels are turning, when they're firing on all cylinders, and you can step back and let them move forward with it, offering things along the way, encouragement, resources. But at the end of the day, so much of homeschooling is about following our kids' lead, because what happens is the Lord leads us through our children, through their interests, through them showing us when they're ready to learn something and when they are not. The third fear that we have is that we're going to ruin our kids. You know, it's so easy to think that the quote-unquote professionals are the only ones who can really give our kids a good education. Now, don't get me wrong. Professionals can be very, very, very helpful. But at the end of the day, um, like I said before, we know our kids better than anyone. And when we when we educate our kids, when we when we raise our kids and homeschool them from a heart of nurture, we are the best ones to facilitate exactly what our kids need. So instead of getting hung up on um, you know on the on the things that we feel like we're not good at and we see them as obstacles, let's instead remember that these obstacles are not obstacles to God. Our weaknesses are not obstacles to God. He is entirely capable of providing everything that our children need to have a rich and full education, whether that comes through us teaching them that specific thing or whether we outsource it or whether, believe it or not, so much of the time they learn on their own when they're allowed to do it at their own pace and as they're interested. But so um, as I talk about these three fears, there's something that we naturally do to compensate when we are feeling these things. It's to rush. It's to hurry. It's a natural response. And I liken it to pulling, um, like you've got a bow and arrow and you're, you're wanting to hit the target, right? So being rushed to me is like throwing all those arrows into the bow all at once, being in this big hurry, pulling it back and just haphazardly um, letting the arrows go and hoping that one hits the target rather than being slow and intentional, taking one at a time, taking time to aim and be intentional about hitting that target. Slowing down and listening for God's direction is so much more effective, so much more effective. So why is slowing down so important? Well, again, I'm going to do something a little bit out of the ordinary, and I'm going to read from chapter two of The Unhurried Homeschooler and why we need to slow down. Children are born with a natural love of learning. All children are curious and instinctively want to explore on their own the things that they're actually interested in. When we allow them that natural investigation, Their love for learning grows and their desire to take in information is ignited. Our daughter Jenna likened it to starting a fire in our wood stove. We carefully lay the fuel to get the fire burning. It starts out small, but as we encourage and feed the flame, it grows. Sometimes we blow on it, but as we... Oh, sometimes we blow on it and sometimes we add more fuel a little at a time because if we add too much of anything all at once, we'll extinguish the fire. And that's true for learning as well. Learning thrives with gentle encouragement. But learning is snuffed out quickly under pressure. Too much too soon is stressful for children. Children have a good sense of when they're ready to learn things and when they're not, and they will exhibit certain behaviors that clue us in. 
crying, defiance, lack of interest, and other stressful responses. We need to pay attention to these, especially in the early years. Children are adept at learning on their own, in their own way, if we allow them the time and space to do so. Be a student of your child, observing what strikes interest and curiosity in them. Trust and respect their natural ability to learn. In situations where children have learning issues, they may exhibit stressful behaviors even at ages when they should be able to handle the work. Our youngest has some challenges in learning. Consequently, he has a short attention span and stresses easily over schoolwork. I have prayerfully worked with him and we are getting additional help through a learning specialist as well as occupational therapy. I always caution parents not to jump to conclusions if their child has a negative reaction to book work. Don't chain yourself or your child to lists in books like everything you need your child needs to know in the third grade or your preconceived ideas of what other people's kids are doing. Be patient and take the time to study your child. Cover their education with prayer and remember that every child develops at a different rate. They are learning all the time long after the books are closed. And remember, it's all it's all right to keep things simple. This week I was uh, talking back and forth um, with a mom who was struggling because she has a type A personality. She was really feeling down about it actually because she was feeling as though um, it somehow made her um, inadequate in some ways as a homeschooling mom because she struggled with enjoying the process. but you know the thing that came to mind as I was I was talking to this sweet mom is that she is fearfully and wonderfully made. And so I want to speak to you no matter what type you are, but specifically to type A personalities because I happen to be one as well. I'm a perfectionist and there are strengths and weaknesses that come with every personality. But mom, I want you to hear this. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I know we say that about our children and about the babies growing in our wombs, but you were once growing in your mom's womb, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made as well. You are no better or worse than someone who isn't a type A. God knit you together in your mother's womb with intention, and he intentionally made you to be the mom to these particular children. Understand that you bring both strengths and weaknesses to the table. Don't get hung up on either one. Instead, yield all of it to the Lord. You know, one thing that the Lord reminded me years ago, he said, Dorenda, one of your gifts is encouragement. Don't forget to use that with your own family. And I realized he was right. I was really great at talking to a friend who was feeling down or um, needed. I could tell I was very, I'm usually sensitive to hear when people are needing encouragement and tend to be quick to give it to them. But I don't, seemed to be quick or wasn't seeming to be as quick to do that with my own family. And so it was a really great reminder um, because at the end of the day, we all bring strengths and weaknesses to the table. And like I mentioned before, we can't get hung up on either, but we need to make sure that we are exercising our strengths, using our giftings within our families and not getting hung up on our weaknesses and understanding that those weaknesses and obstacles are not an obstacle to the Lord. Um, He wants to grow us He wants to teach us. He wants to um, show himself mighty to us. The areas where I was weak, 
God grew me in some of those areas, but then he also did provide resources along the way to compensate for some of those weaknesses. Because at the end of the day, you guys, we cannot be all things to all people, okay? And at the end of the day, we aren't here to please other people. We're not even here to please ourselves or our children, but we're here to please God. He has a plan and a purpose for you and your family and for your homeschooling journey, but you have to be listening and willing to walk in obedience to how he leads. And in order to hear that and know that, we have to slow down. So if you struggle with enjoying the process, ask God to help you engage in and enjoy what's right in front of you and not to constantly be thinking about the end result. There is joy to be found in the process and he can help you find it. Perfectionism can be an unnecessary weight. I was reminded of a wonderful verse in Hebrews 12. It's sort of been ruminating lately because, um, you know, it's easy for us to, you know, remember that we need to strip off the sin um, that, you know, that so easily entangles us. In fact, let me read the verse to you really quickly. It's Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. So think about this. I want to go back to that first verse. Since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, Here's what I want to focus on. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Like I mentioned just a few minutes ago, perfectionism is an unnecessary weight. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be all things to all people. That's not our job. That's God's job. Only God can do that. And so let's not let perfectionism become an unnecessary weight that slows us down and keeps us from running Um, this race that God has set before us. Um, Maybe perfectionism isn't your weight. Maybe it's something else. So ask yourself, what are your unnecessary weights? What are you afraid of? What fears are you facing right now when it comes to homeschooling your kids? Sit down and process that with the Lord and ask God to show you what those fears and unnecessary weights are so that you can give them to Him. So we don't just find them to find them and try to fix them ourselves. This is what the message of the cross is all about. The gospel is about redemption. The gospel is about transformation. Um, the other verse that's really been ruminating in my heart and mind lately is to not be tra- not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Let's renew our minds when it comes to our parenting. Let's ask the Lord to renew our minds because he's the only one who can do it. But we have to have the discipline to listen and to walk in obedience to it and to pray for it. So we also um, don't want to be conformed to this world when it comes to our kids' education, but we want to be transformed by the renewing of our minds because what this all is, is this is all part and parcel to parenting. Homeschooling is an extension of parenting. And what is parenting? It's nurturing. So let's think in terms of nurturing, okay? So Jesus is the great shepherd, right? He loves to disciple us. We need to allow him 
to disciple us and shepherd us as we disciple and shepherd our children. So it's kind of this beautiful cycle, just this beautiful circle, you know, as we allow Jesus to shepherd and guide us, um, we allow him to do that as we do this with our children. He said to follow his example, right? He said um, in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, um, he talks about um, this yoke that he wants to carry, that um, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It doesn't mean that what he's called us to isn't hard work, but it's a good work. And there's a peace that should come with it, an underlying peace. And so uh, part of, of, of having that peace that transcends all understanding is um, being anxious about nothing. There's no exceptions, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving making our request to God. Ask God for what you really want. Lay it before him. Let his peace um, guard you and guard your heart and mind. And it starts by laying it down at the feet of Jesus, asking him to show you what these unnecessary weights are and asking him to help you lay them down. And also that discipline of gratitude. You notice in that passage on anxiety, it said, um, to basically, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and gratitude is a discipline um, that helps us focus and engage in what is right in front of us, to be present, to be present with our kids, to um, to just be have be uh, spending time with them and thinking about the moment, being in the moment with them. So again, we go back to this thinking in terms of nurturing. Let's think of homeschooling in terms of nurturing. All right. Um, one of the things that one of my good friends used to say is, are you, are you feeling led or are you feeling driven? Being hurried lends itself to feeling driven, but being led is more of an unhurried spirit. And that's about what's happening in our hearts, where our hearts are. Do we have an unhurried heart? When I talk about being unhurried, I am not talking about um, never being, about not being productive or never being on a time frame. In fact, when I talk about unhurried homeschooling, um, in my book, The Unhurried Homeschooler, I share what unhurried homeschooling looks like on a daily basis and what it doesn't look like. So let me share that with you real quickly. When boiled down to the nuts and bolts, what does unhurried homeschooling look like on a daily basis? Allowing our children to learn at their own pace. Being a student of our children. Being tuned in to when our children are ready to learn something, when they're not, and following through when they are. Being willing to experiment through trial and error to find out what works and what doesn't for our particular family being willing to be flexible, being more concerned with what is best for our children than what makes us feel good or looks successful. Starting quote-unquote education slowly and gently. Remember, kids are always learning and adding work incrementally until they are carrying a full load, which is again a custom fit for them. Unhurried homeschooling is remembering who we are and the example we set how we approach life, 
handle stress, our worldview, etc. That will have a greater impact on our children than any curriculum or book work. Unhurried homeschooling is remembering that education is a much, much bigger picture than book work, memorization, etc. It's also taking full responsibility for our children's education by not being overly concerned about what others think or say, but making our decisions based on our own intuition and knowledge and God's leading. It's trusting in our children's natural desire to learn and in their internal clock, but also knowing when it's in their best interest to be challenged in order to grow. It's being creative in how we meet any homeschooling laws put in place by our state. Sometimes this means discovering alternatives to testing, reporting, etc. So what is what unhurried homeschooling is not is refusing to give directions or have order or routine. It's not refusing boundaries or expectations. It's not turning a blind eye to character issues. It's not ignoring state laws regarding homeschooling. It's not letting our kids run amok. It's not ignoring questions we have about our children and potential learning issues. It's not refusing to challenge our kids to try things they think they can't do. It's not refusing to make them do things that they don't want to do. At the end of the day, our children are growing people in need of adult care and guidance. They need adult nurture and protection. And while we're doing this and we're taking things from this sort of nurturing approach, what we're doing is we are creating an environment that allows connections to be made. Learning isn't linear. It's it's actually more like a bunch of networks being created, and it looks like there's no connection for a very long time, especially in the early years. But eventually, those connections are made. And when they are made, and they're made in the right time, when it's right for our kids, they stick. They actually stick. We also want our kids to um, be in an environment that allows connections to be made when it when it comes to relationships. We don't want to sacrifice our relationships with our kids on the altar of an agenda, right? An agenda that doesn't fit our kids. In conclusion, I just want to say that our world has changed. Our culture is different now than it was 10, 15, 20 years ago or even or 100 years ago, obviously. But at the end of the day, Children have not changed. They still have the same needs, like I mentioned before. They need adult care. They need guidance. They need nurturing, and they need protection. Childhood is a gift that only we can give them. As parents, we have the privilege and the responsibility to look these pressures squarely in the eye and make our decisions based on what we believe is best for our kids. Slow down for the sake of the children. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for these children you've given us, Lord. We thank you for the privilege to raise them, the privilege to spend time with them, Lord. Thank you for the privilege to even re-educate ourselves as we walk through this homeschooling journey with our kids, to learn right alongside them the things we forgot or the things we didn't get. So God, would you give us the ability to slow down, to to find joy in the process, to look deeply into the eyes of our children 
and to enjoy them, Lord. They're such a gift and a blessing. Help us to slow down, as Jacob did, to the pace of the children. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.